My face currently feels like I've been run through by Tom Stewart. Puts it to the top of the square. Oh, beautiful little fist in there by Dale. Crucial centimetre moments. He definitely has a bit of the, uh, the Belcho spirit. <laughs> um, as I, I have a bit of the Belcho spirit. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the podcast that just had a three-week holiday to Sicily, uh, despite <laughs> the fact that it's only been a week. <laughs> uh, um, or more more accurately, the the podcast that's been paying more attention to the cricket than the football for the last week. Uh, I'm Jack, and as always, joined by Alistair. Uh, here we are. Welcome. It is slander. It is libel. I have not been watching cricket. I have not been watching the you cricket. You came home and you had the cricket on the other day. Yeah, it was for you guys. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> Um, you're you're in a better mood f- about fo- about football this week. You had to wait all week to learn that you're in a better mood. But F- football, remember, football is fun sometimes. Mm. Once in a blue moon. Um, yeah, I definitely was not expecting that. Oh, that that second quarter was nuts. Uh, uh, it's the fourth highest center clearance score in an AFL game, which is crazy. It just went nuts. Was it the highest stoppage? I think. I think highest stoppage, yeah. but it, ridiculous crazy all around. Hard to defend against scores from stoppages. Because no, not sustainable, but uh, good to watch, at least for one it was, weekend. It was exciting football. Um, yeah. I left the most panic-inducing uh, champion data shift I've done in my life to watch a belting. It was a crazy turn of events. And it wasn't even the one where you almost pissed yourself. It wasn't. That was pretty <laughs> panic-inducing as well. What a weekend I had of work. Christ. Um, all right, who was your one vote this week? My one vote goes to uh, 2023 favourite Charlie Ballard. Fair enough. Um, 17 disposals, 6 marks, 12 intercepts, 5 rebounds, 6 one percenters, and more importantly, kept Charlie Kerno to one goal when in, that forward line was on fire. In a dominant win. Um, we talked about how good he was. Like It, it was impossible week. to defend against <laughs> what was happening. Like There was no way any defender could stop that barrage. He was the only one that tried. Um, or, or other than succeeded. the worst moment I've seen a defender perform True. this year, True. Um, which is why he got special mention status for me. Uh, but yeah, he did play a really good game in, in some of the worst possible circumstances. His intercept game was on, his spoiling game was on. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's such a good footballer. I'm even willing to give him the benefit of the doubt for that uh, so <laughs> funny. goal line moment because there was another player there that was in between. Yeah, him and the I ball. think Mac Andrew put him off, um, and like he also could have done more. Like they just yeah. made a meal of it. Uh, it was it was I think it was just shell um, shock, and, and oh, he just ended up with the easiest goal of his life. I can't believe it wasn't touched. Uh, yeah, no, crazy. My one vote this week was to Ben Mackay. Uh, mm. who I thought put together a hell of a body of work in. What was a really good game for North until the last quarter? Yeah. Um, I broke down a few stats for him, but it really wasn't... I don't think it really touched on how good he was, but he had 11 marks, seven of those were intercepts, three contested, uh, 11 intercept possessions and four rebound 50s. Uh, in that first half, when they looked like they were on top, he was pretty dominant, um, and I really enjoyed the way he played. I really enjoy the way he plays in general. I think he's a he's a really good footballer, and you know, we've said this before. Um, in a better team, he'd probably get more plaudits, and and they really missed him in those first few weeks this year. I definitely agree. Um, I have him in my special mentions just because his efficiency and freeze against way too high, yep. uh, especially for a key. Um, but uh, yeah, I think Ben McKay's really good, and uh, I would like to see him get a few more wins. I think it's really sad looking at his win-loss oh, it's, record. It, it's shocking, isn't it? It's like one it, of the it's worst. It's befitting of a footballer far worse than he. Um, and, and it's so sad for him that he missed those two wins earlier this year yeah. that the rest of those North players managed to actually tick off. Yeah, they're too um, ahead of him forever now. Yeah, rough. Uh, who was your two? Uh, Lizard. 
Yep, fair enough. Lizard, Nick Blakey. Uh, that was a crazy game. I did not expect it to be as close as it was. Credit to Sydney for, especially mm. at the Gabba, um, holding up to Brisbane like that. Yeah. It really seemed like neither of those teams wanted to win for big patches of that game um, outside of some stellar performances. Like Blakey and Dunkley were giving everything they possibly could and then a lot of their teammates just seemed like they were kind of there for the ride. Yeah. Um, you know, I love Blakey. Fast. He's very fast. He's lizard. faster than he looks, isn't he? He just, it, like, he literally looks like, like a, a lizard. neck lizard. Yeah, it's very funny. I just get flashbacks to that show that was on, like, just after Cheese TV. It was like a wildlife show. Oh, I think I know the and one. And like, in the intro, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's the lizard makes, running. Yeah. That's, like a, that's a, what a I stra- think of. Australia Outback. Yeah, yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah. That's what I think of every time I see Nick yeah, Blakey yeah, go the logo. run. It's so funny. <laughs> um, but, yeah, 24 disposals, 11 intercepts, 9-1 percenters. Um... For a running defender, really good. Um, similar type of player, arguably better game um, overall for my two this week. Um, but Dan Houston was my two. Mm. Um, I'm torn with Dan Houston. He had 31 disposals, five rebound 50s and eight score involvements. Not one of his disposals was inside forward 50. Um, pretty much all of them were on the 50 arc in the in the back line. He had a fair, line, a fair um, few through the middle, though. He did, but he didn't start in there at all. He I got into the middle just... running off. Um, I just don't know if he's a defender for mine. I, I think he was on the weekend. That was what pushed <laughs> over the line. And also, why well, he's only a two. Yeah, uh, he got nine, nine coaches' votes. Um, he did. And yeah, none of them inside forward 50 ticked me over the edge. It was 50-50 between the middle section and the back section. He's probably one of those players this year that we're just missing votes on because... I, he I, plays too much of a mid I just game. don't see him as a defender. Yeah. Um, just like, I don't know if he's in your votes. He's not in mine. Sam had, Doherty had a great game, but he's not a defender this week. No, he's not. Um, yeah, Houston had 15 defensive half-pressure acts, two tackles and a spoil. Um, which mm. ticked him over the line. Yeah, so. I can understand it. Uh, I'm not going to argue. Well, I am going to argue against it. He's not a defender. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who was your three? Uh, my three is Jacob Wiedering. He was uh, my four. He's your four. Yep. Um, I thought it's really weird how well he plays in the side when Lewis Young isn't there. Um, and Kemp took over that intercept yeah. game perfectly. Yeah, um, I've got Kemp in my special mentions, but uh, Wiedering looks free and can actually play to his strengths. He gave King an old-fashioned buff. Yes. King uh, had a few pot shots from, from bad angles, but... Yeah, and, and I think two of them were from free kicks. So, mm. like, he, he barely registered a... Uh, he barely yeah. earned one. Um, I feel like his stats don't do his game justice. No, talked they about don't. Before. <laughs> Six marks and four intercepts, four spoils, three pressure acts, and seven intercept disposals, but uh, great game. Uh, intercept disposal, I like that. I th- in some possessions, yeah. I think you'd be hard-pressed to find someone who didn't have him in their back line this week if no. you're picking a team of the week. Especially because there's only six games. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's very hard to that's pick players. very true. You yeah, had a better game than that. Um, my three. three votes went to Aaliyah. Cool, um, he's my four. Perfect. That's a nice little swappy swappy. So. Uh, four spoils, six defensive five pressure acts, four rebound 50s, 16 disposals at 87, eight intercepts, six contested disposals. I think what was more important was that he really removed Hawkins' influence mm-hmm. in the game. I know we had two goals, but, like, Aaliyah really removed Hawkins' like, uh, goal assist ability yeah. and his ability to set play up. Uh, it's it, a it, different tactic from Hinckley, which I liked, as to what they've done before. Yeah. Um, and I think Aaliyah played it really well, considering he's not always the one-on-one defender. Yeah, it was an uncomfortable spot for him, and he did it really well, especially in that second half. Like, once the 50s started drawing up a bit for Geelong and it became more of a contest, it wasn't, as we said about it, it's hard to defend those centre-break clearances which Geelong were getting when Bruin mm-hmm. and Dangerfield were doing well. When it started being general kicks inside 50, Elia had Hawkins' number completely. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a really good game. 
Uh, which takes us to uh, my five, uh, 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 which is probably fives. Nick Vlosten, I would have to assume. It is. Uh, so that's two weeks in a row I've given Nick Vlosten five. Yeah, um, I was going to say, I, I've, I've given him five finally this week after you <laughs> being bemused that I didn't last week. Yeah, I don't know how that didn't happen, but we won't go over that. This week, he played in a miserable, miserable game. Once again, horrible weather. Nick Vlosten has decided to be the best footballer on the ground. Yeah. Uh, uh, he is, for a Richmond defensive side that was not holding up very well, uh, he was, uh, yep. kind of like Charlie Ballard was for the Gold Coast, but more influential somehow. He's he's had back-to-back season best performances in two games in horrible weather. Mm-hmm. Obviously loves the wet. Um, I They really, Sydney, uh, Richmond put a player behind the ball as a gambit because um, it let Sinclair do the same thing at the other end. Mm-hmm. And I think in a shock to most people, Lawson came out on top in that battle. Yep. Um, Sinclair had to go back into the middle because he was not having the same effect behind the ball as Lawson was, uh, especially not in the wet. Sinclair's ability to, to play the smooth game he plays wasn't there, whereas Lawson plays such a pressure and hard game that it was so perfect for those conditions. Uh, 23 disposals, 6 rebounds, 11 intercepts, 9 marks and 6 intercept marks in wet weather. 70% in wet weather. And then throw in 3 spoils, 3 pressure acts and 2 tackles, uh, all in the back half for good measure. Great game. Uh, he's playing some really good footy when Richmond really need wins. Honestly, so, if he plays like this for the rest of the season, I'm put it penciling him in for the third Australian, all Australian like key defender. Yeah, spot. I, I think so. Um, which just puts him in there. It I probably mean, knocks he, he's out. Um, not really key Wilkie. sized. He's a little bit short. But he's the but third. He, he'll he's, get in there as a third for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, God knows they won't actually great. pick a lockdown defender. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> great footy from him. Um, once again, they. they have won two really important games in a row for their season against teams that will likely end up in the same bracket as them. Um, and it's done real damage to both of those teams' seasons in St Kilda and Frio. So mm-hmm. uh, McWalter's having a great time, I think, uh, coach, coaching that footy team. So and they got Brisbane after the bye, so that'll be interesting. Yeah, well, you, you talk about the bye, and obviously it's a pretty discussed topic, and, and I'm going to talk about it as well, despite the fact that I think everyone in the world what has... What a segue. We're four from four now with teams losing... After the bye to teams who... One team won. Against the team from the bye. Okay. Um, so <laughs> Such a stupid stat. Four from four have, have lost after the bye against non-bye sides. Mm-hmm. Three of them started favourites. So you've had um, Brisbane started favourites against Hawthorne and lost. Frio started favourites against Richmond here and lost. Gold Coast started favourites against Carlton and lost. Port were expected to beat Geelong anyway. Um, I think this week's going to be the real um, interesting one to see if it is actually a trend. Because this week... What have we got? Um, Hawthorne are playing Gold Coast, which probably less interesting. Um, but Essendon playing Frio, you'd expect Essendon to win that. And if they don't, that's another one for the ledger. Melbourne, Frio are far and away favourites in that game. Are they? Yeah. They shouldn't be. Um, Melbourne playing Geelong, uh, which is tough because Melbourne's record in Geelong is awful, but they are playing much better football. Mm. Um, and West Coast and Sydney, which you'd expect Sydney to win. But um, no, Not you. If, if we see, not me, I have tipped them. I'll send you a screenshot of it actually locked in when the game Good. starts. Um, but if if both Geelong and Fremantle win, I think that's two more that really fit in that column of teams that should have won and haven't. Uh, and then there's all six teams that have the bye this week play teams that didn't um, the next week. So that'll be obviously just complete matchups the other way. Okay, and what happens if two weeks' time then, it comes out and it's 10-4? Then everyone needs to think about matching I the mean, two teams who had buys up. I meant 10 for the all, way, all the other way. And that's maybe fine. But if there is, a, but if there is an <laughs> so issue... if you which win after the bye, no his, problem. No, but if histori- you lose after the bye, it is a problem. Historically, teams lose after the bye more often than they win. 
And the AFL has the ability to match up teams who have the bye against each other in the fixtures, and they don't. I just don't, I just don't see a problem here. The fixture is unbalanced anyway. Yeah. They're right. not going to fix the rest of the fixture, so why fix this? Because it's an easy fix. So is the rest of it. Yeah, well, not, not having the 32 or 34 game season. That's no, obviously, but you play everyone once and then you do lots based on ladder position. Yeah, which would be easier. Would they be won't, easier. They won't do it, though, because they'll miss out on Essendon Collingwood twice, yeah. Freo West Coast twice. That exactly. Kind of but, um, like, that's the easy solution and they don't do it for money. And they have probably some bullshit reason for why they have to split the buy over the four weeks and one they week. Should have had, they should have started them this week when the Ashes were on, so they could have all the buyers split over the Ashes weeks. Um, Essendon's logo. Racist! We went- <laughs> Sorry, it's too loud, wasn't it? <laughs> woke, woke bullshit. Um, so, like, we, I talked about earlier in the year how I thought that it was a dumb mascot, right? Maybe. <laughs> and I don't remember anything you said. But my thing is, they're looking at changing it because it's quote unquote aggressive or offensive. Mm. Well, they're not looking to do it. I think that's hyperbole. Um, it's they've asked the members what they think. But change it because an aeroplane's a dumb logo for the a football team. The members are just going to say it's fine. We don't care. And also, if they're not going to change the name of the football club, which is the more inherently aggressive thing, like it, it, an aeroplane is not. You can make it a meth head wearing a bomber jacket. You could, you could, or just like a, a Katmandu hippie. Um, I like meth head better. Yeah. Matches. <laughs> but like, if you're not going to change it from the Bombers, there's no point in changing the aeroplane. No, I like, agree. You are called the Bombers. Like, it doesn't matter what you do after that point. Make it a dude, like, jumping into a swimming pool, like, curled up or something. I don't mm. know what the plan is there. Like, it's a dumb thing to do. And I think it's just an easy way to get clicks and attention. But what are they getting clicks and attention for? Oh, I don't know. Are the Essendon Football Club going, oh, shit, we need to sell ad space this week? Maybe. No, no probably not. Maybe they want member engagement. You can find better ways to do this. Yeah, you could. You could. Um, we you talked literally about... just get everyone to tweet in their favourite Essendon moment, and at the end of the week, they'll have Peter Wright give a thumbs up to one of you, and they would eat it up. Oh, two litre Peter. Two litre Peter gives you a thumbs up. And a right smile. playing on Alex Pierce this week. Uh, with the form that each of them are in, that could be extremely messy. It could be, but uh, who knows? Fremantle or a basket case yeah, at the moment. Yeah, well, you said three of favourites in that game. I was shocked they weren't favourites against Jitter Worse and they lost, so maybe I just have no idea what's going on in football, um, which is probably more likely. On talent and system, oh, Freo Fremantle should, should win like, this game. Like, on form, they shouldn't. No. But um, on Fremantle on form two weeks ago... Would have, yeah. Would, should be favourites. Yeah. So um, if all they need to do is... Tick back into that box. They've done it once this season. We talked about Carlton being back on the winners list, mm. but I think what's almost more frustrating from a general football perspective is that was such a Gold Coast thing to do. Like mm. I put out put a Jobism there, but I stand as operandus for Gold Coast because like mm. every season when they start looking like they're going to challenge for finals again, they lose a game that they should be expected to yeah. win. Um, last year they lost in a three-week period to Essendon and Hawthorne, and Essendon were last year in a similar yeah. spot to Carlton are right now, and Hawthorne were probably worse than Hawthorne are currently. They've got Hawthorne this week, so that's a perfect opportunity for them to completely duplicate last season. But they, they've done it so many times now over the last four or five years where they really look like they're going to make a press to finish in that you know, sixth to eighth bracket and then pl- play two games in a, in a short space that just rule them out. Um, it's frustrating, I think. They haven't played at home for seven weeks. That, that is that is harsh. Um, they've got Hawthorne at home this week. It's yeah, at, it's at Carrara. It's their first time so, back. Uh, I would cut them a little bit of slack this, yeah. this time. 
If they lose to Hawthorne, sure. Yeah. Raise the signal. But Especially at home. They, um, they played two games in Darwin just gone. Yeah, that's And then true. to and the that, MCG. And that is the problem of being a football club in the position that Gold Coast are, where you do have to sell those um, I, games to, to Selling them shouldn't mean that you have to play that many away from your home ground well, that's in a row. That is them choosing though, right? Um, to, to do that, but... But yeah, I, I they're one game out of the eight. Obviously, percentage isn't kind because Adelaide keep pummeling teams in Adelaide. Um, but they are one game out of the eight. If they beat Hawthorne, they're equal eighth, essentially. Yeah. Um, I'm not worried. Sam Collins says it's a blip. I believe him. I believe his moustache. We're good. He's, he's a gorgeous man. Um, say we. <laughs> uh, Sicily got three weeks upheld. I know. I said um, that last week. I gave him three weeks. The, I gave him three weeks last week. You did. You did. Um... <laughs> The decision was it's that joke. it wasn't that um, that Hawthorne were wrong was the findings of the appeals board. It was that the AFL did due diligence, so they didn't even in, they didn't even look into because that's the role of the appeals board. Yeah, but I feel the like appeal, you take it to the appeals because you say you have judged this incorrectly, not because I, we are right and we want to prove we're right. And Hawthorne went into it. With that mindset, they came in and said. So ha- they've said that they've judged it incorrectly, but this is based on a video now that's circulated. Have you heard about this last week? No. The AFL sent a video out to the clubs to explain what a dangerous tackle is. Mm. The clubs found it so confusing <laughs> that they didn't show it to their players. No club showed the video to their players because they thought it would just make them more confused about what is and isn't a dangerous sure, tackle. Surely Adam Simpson I, popped it on. I heard. Um, uh, I think it was called Middlemass on the radio the other day, saying that he got a copy of it from someone at the club. Mm. He watched it and he said both of them were... So, well, obviously the examples used were like those inconsequential, like the only difference was the player's head hit the ground and he said he was just as confused after watching it and showed it to someone in the ABC newsroom who was just as confused as he was. So the AFL's attempt to be like, here is what is a good and bad tackle, no one knew what it meant. I think we need to lock it down to you have pinned minimum one arm, minimum one arm. and there are two motions. Yes. That is, that is it. If you have pinned an arm and you have them in the tackle and then you swing or force them down, that's a dangerous we, tackle. We've seen moments this year where neither arm has been pinned and they've been done for a dangerous yep. tackle, which is where the wrong arm, like the opposite side arm has been pinned and they've been able to get the arm down. It's still been... Where they haven't even been tackling Or them. it's been the, the Brad Close one where it was this far off the ground in one motion. Yep. There's no consistency at all. There is zero and consistency. I get... I understand why they... Well... I'd like to say they're doing it for the right reasons. They're doing it for lawsuits, but... Um, <laughs> they're doing it for tribunal money. I understand why they're doing it for the sense of, obviously, not wanting more concussions. I get that, but it needs to be clear, because otherwise it's just... If you're playing a sport where players are running at full speed all the time and it's a contact sport, there will be concussions. So we've got to try and avoid them as much as we can, but you can't avoid them completely without making it a non-contact sport. Hmm. So the players need a clear way of understanding what they can and can't do. Otherwise, we're just going to end up with more seasons like this where the entire football-watching public is baffled. Well, Jared Waitley said on AFL 360 that he doesn't think this Sicily one is a fabric of the game moment, but I kind of think it is. He got a holding the ball free kick for it. The umpire thought it was a fabric of the game moment. The umpire said, that's good. Like, it was... (laughs) (laughs) There were four players that were involved. Like, it was the fact that... How can one player be at fault? He's jumped at the player while being pushed, so he's obviously already in a different angle in the air than he left at the ground. And then the way they get run into... we talked they about this probably, last they week. They probably like, suspended Nick Rewalt for his mark oh, if they did that today. Honestly, yeah. It's incredible that... I mean, we, when we saw Butler get off, I thought we were for sure going to see Sicily get off because mm-hmm. they used the exact same argument. Mm-hmm. Yet, because Sicily's ended up in a freak accident, it was obviously a horrific thing to watch. He's back at training this week, so he's fine. But because it ended up the way it did, 
he's got the massive punishment and it's just it's unfair on Hawthorne's season who were starting to play some really good footy thanks to his great leadership and captaincy and I think it's unfair on players who now have to try and figure out what they can't do on a football field because you get a free kick and you get three weeks. Especially for Hawthorne, who have three really winnable games. Yes. If they had Sicily this week against Gold Coast, I'd pretty Carlton much have it as even GWS. Yeah, absolutely. With they Sicily can... playing, they're all winnable. Mm-hmm. Um, without Sicily, I'd probably see them going on with three. Mm-hmm. Uh, the gulf between their football with and without him is huge. So I, it's, it's rough to watch. I don't know if they have any option to appeal again, but I would try. Yeah. I would um, just play him, see what they do. <laughs> what are they going to do? I don't know. Just cancel your what points. What would they do? We'll take, take the points off you, right? I'm going to win anyway. Um, <laughs> I heard that after Dangerfield's uh, ribbon collapsed lung, mm. that because of how a collapsed lung works, he had to get driven home. Can't fly with a collapsed lung, so he had to get driven all the way back. From Adelaide? From Adelaide. Um, like That would be far less comfortable. I can't imagine. I'd rather that my lung were popping. Oh yeah, I'd rather that. I'd rather just not Who have a collapsed lung. Did um, they go with players, or was it like? Well, the players flew back on the bus. <laughs> they flew back on the bus. Flew back on the bus. Yeah, they got the magic school bus. <laughs> <laughs> flew back on a plane. So no, but like, who? It would be annoying having to drive all the way from Adelaide to Geelong with like the club doctor or someone you're not really like close mates with. Just like yeah, just like the physio. It's a business trip. Yeah, that would be uncomfortable. <laughs> He's already got a collapsed lung and a broken rib. Do you take any family over to Adelaide with him? I don't know. See. These are the things you should find out before you bring this shit to the oh, podcast. I'm sorry. Man. Yeah, I should have I looked deeper into it. Um, Tweet the AFLPA. <laughs> I'm sure he's checking the replies. <laughs> yeah, he's been very active this week now that, with the media now that he's not able to train. Um, he, yeah, he was saying that, obviously, because he played out the game, as we saw, and he was saying the reason he didn't pick up on it himself was that it just felt like he was... He was like, oh, I'm 33 and playing AFL. I always wheeze like this. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was just saying that like, it just felt like he didn't have the... like. Um, aerobic capacity and it wasn't until he started feeling pain in his neck and back and not his ribs that the doctor was like that's not great (laughs) it's not what you should be doing and sent him to hospital for scans um i just there's been some horrific injuries this year i know there are every year but like some of them yeah it's when it's when it's like severed tongue and ruptured testicle yeah exploded rib not not ideal um alia's moved into the top five on those votes this week Mm. um takes up to 20 still a gap um more wilkie Andrews and Sicily are still a fair way in front, but fifteen votes to Vloster doesn't get him into the top five. Um, no, is he sixth? He would have to be very close. He's not on this scoreboard I've got here, but I think he had. He would, or he'd be equal, equal six. That's what a couple of good yeah. weeks can do for you. Um, and that's yeah, a gap twenty. Elias on twenty in fifth. Yeah. Um, and then it's nineteens, eighteens, fourteens. Like that's top really again. Uh, more still. Okay. By two votes, which is probably fair because he's having a. Fantastic season. More Andrews, um, Sicily are the top three I, at the moment. I think that that game looks really interesting to me. Um, well, that's the top what three game? plus Wilkie. Yeah. Um, I think Wilkie's dropping off. Collingwood-Adelaide game, because Adelaide have a lot to prove now after continuously losing away from home. Um, it's being played at the MCG, uh, mm. which means I think Collingwood win easy. But if Adelaide want to show that they've got the ability to play finals this year and play a convincing game of football, they have to at least get close. Um, in this it game. would be amazing if they won it. It would be. Um, but yeah, if, if they can't get within three goals of Collingwood, then teams are going to go in with a mass amount of confidence against Adelaide when they play them at home. Mm-hmm. Adelaide and Adelaide is a, is a terrifying game this Don't year. Don't do that again. Either team, Port or Adelaide and Adelaide. Play other than there, you're probably going to lose. Whereas Port are able to travel. Um, in fact, I think they've got like, a, it was like eight games in a row they've won at Marvel now. 
Um, Helps when you're on your last 12 or whatever. Yeah, that does help. Um, whereas, yeah, Adelaide just leave Adelaide and they, they fall apart. We saw it against Gold Coast. They got demolished by Gold Coast mm. and Darwin. Um, but Darwin but, games are always an anomaly. They are, yeah. We've seen Melbourne lose them against well, was Adelaide a couple of years ago, I think it was, when Adelaide were playing rubbish footy. So um, I'm interested to see St Kilda Brisbane. I think Brisbane win it easy. But, again, St Kilda season on the line. You say St Kilda season on the line. They're in fifth right now. Like they're sitting pretty with the teams below them just falling apart. They are, yes, but they're they, almost locked they into the eight at this keep point. Losing games the way they have been. I mean, um, if they keep with their win loss, win loss, they'll be fine. If, if Melbourne beat Geelong, that'll be huge for their confidence, um, having not won in Geelong for years. Really cements them in the top four. Um, and Fremantle Essendon is big for both of those teams, especially Fremantle at home. Yeah, if Fremantle win that, Essendon are in trouble. And if Essendon win that, Fremantle are in trouble. Mm. Um, so it's a, it's a big, it's like it, it's a different kind of trouble. Like if Fremantle lose that, they're done, right? Yep. So we can write them off. But if Essendon lose that, all the doubt sinks in. Yeah, there's a big difference in though that like Essendon were as fans probably hopeful they would play finals this year. Mm-hmm. Whereas Fremantle were expected to play yes. and feature... Top probably, four. Yeah. Like, hope to be top four, expected to be top eight. So if Essendon lose, it's not the wheels have fallen off or anything. It's just a case of probably about where they sit. Um, and we've seen them only beat a couple of the stronger teams this year, which is probably fair. Whereas if Freo lose that, especially at home, then there's huge concerns for what's going on there um, with some of the games they've lost. They, w- they really look like they were coming back into form, beating Geelong and Melbourne back-to-back in really good performances. Um, and then to lose the last two games they have the way they have would have been really frustrating for Freo fans. Yeah, it's uh, it's not great. And uh, oftentimes you do see this from teams. A team will make the finals, then they'll drop really yep. low. They'll inject two or three young players and then suddenly, oh, Premiers. Especially when it's... Melbourne. Yeah, but especially <laughs> when it's a team that hasn't made finals for a while. Yeah. Um, they feature and then they drop out. Richmond did it as well. Um, they yeah, got, I remember they got pumped by Port and yeah. then suddenly they were... And that was when they were being laughed at for their, their plan and then obviously mm. they came good after that. So I don't think it's... Port might even be a good example um, mm. with their season they had last year. Like teams... They went right down. Teams do have that blip here. Sydney as well, they had two, but like... Do you have to make the finals to do that? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. Um, it's Yeah, and we do see it a lot. So... I don't think it's all doom and gloom for Freya, but it's just that they were expected to do a lot better this year. Season's over if they lose um, this one, so... Yeah, uh, absolutely. And they don't have an easy draw running home. Nope. This was meant to be their easier patch of games. I did my ladder prediction. It's not good for them. Um, and then the teams of the bye this week, uh, Port have a chance to relinquish top spot again to Collingwood. Uh, <laughs> I feel like there's going to be a bit of trading weird. back and forth between them for oh, the rest of the year. Absolutely. Um, North Carlton... Uh, that just, uh, don't I'm just glad I don't have them. to watch my team play this week. Um, it feels great. Richmond and Bulldogs you could both get jumped by teams, obviously, when you're around them, because mm. that, that cluster is really tight. Richmond have um, the advantage of the buy. Uh, not the buy, of the draw, which we weren't yeah. saying about them earlier in the season, but now we are. If one of uh, Geelong or Adelaide win the upsets in those games, they'll make a massive jump past a bunch of teams in yep. that cluster. Um, if both of them win, obviously, they don't jump past the other one, but... <laughs> Um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I still have no idea outside of the top four. It's it's a it's a weird season. Um, I think I was saying this last year, but this year is even more so. Like this time three of the year last ago, year, we were like bulldogs all the way, man. Yeah, and then they've lost two, three, four really. weeks ago. Sorry, yeah, three three, three games that they should have won. Um, and now they got the they go into the bye with three of their like five key defenders with Josh Bruce will be back. Medium term injuries. Yeah, Josh Bruce will be back. Woo! Um, I did I did enjoy seeing Crozier on that list of like key outs of the bulldogs. It's like. You're putting Crozier as a key out? I think so. 
the key. Um, uh, not key, but like it's, not it's, key de- it's a depth loss, isn't it? Um, and obviously, especially after Darcy getting injured, I think Crozier imagine is kicking a really someone in the arm, like the opposition's just about best key defender. Uh, I'm, I'm still on Crozier. I don't want to hear you fucking bad mouth Crozier. You take it back. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think he's like I don't think he's as vital as the other injuries they've suffered. It was just I, I feel like they don't just needed to like side in that they had three injuries this week and not just two. Hmm. Um, but like coming after Darcy is. I'll take Crozier over Tim O'Brien. Yeah, I think so too. There you go. Key Their back line's going to be like Tim O'Brien, Alex Keith, Tim and Josh O'Brien's Bruce. Tim O'Brien's injured, isn't he? He is. Oh, bugger. <laughs> Alex Keith and Josh Bruce. Yeah. And they said not Norton, which I liked. Yeah. Bevo said not Norton. Which Until one of those two players say, goes down. I don't trust him at all. He put him back this week. Yeah, because he had to. Yeah. He had no choice. Well, he's he's going to have to again when Josh Bruce has eight kicked on in the first half. <laughs> uh, I, that game two weeks ago was one of the most <laughs> awful performances I've seen from I a key defender. Not, I don't know if we brought it up on here, but it was pretty bad. It was Yeah, we didn't. And I we said we were going to. I it was think shocking. we didn't because it was We didn't because we were talking about too bad about Lockie Jones versus... Liam Jones at opposite ends, like the, the mm. less expected L Jones had a great game. But imagine getting absolutely pantsed like that by oh, amazing. Um, well, I mean, Dixon's a good player. Dixon's good, but like he just was running absolute rings. And then he got moved on to Marshall. And Marshall's kicked three in a quarter. Yeah, like, true. it was insane. <laughs> um, we did make a joke about it. Has anyone tried him as a forward? I think. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's my footy takes this you week. You were just going to talk about a guy getting his arm broken in half. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, and then not even getting excited, not even a fine. Um, they didn't get a free kick for it. The umpire missed a tribunal. Was like, ah, it's all good. Mm. Um, kick him in the arm as hard as you want. It's fine. I think we should start doing it every week. See yeah, what the see does. how long it takes, mm. and then just use that one as evidence. Well, this was fine. <laughs> yeah, this was okay. Not even tight. Yeah, like like using the Willie Rioli one last year, Junior mm-hmm. Rioli. Yeah, um, one just being like that was Willie Rioli last year. Yeah, it was, was when fine. he did it. Yeah, it was like yeah, this this was fine, and then the tribunal had to be like. Oh, it was fine, wasn't it? That's a, that's a bummer. Yeah, it's true. Um, well, by the time this is uh, out, the Ashes will be, first Ashes test will be over. That's more interesting to me at the moment. Mm. Um, I feel bad. I turned it on to see how it was going the other night. There was like 10 minutes left, two wickets. Yeah. Just gone. I was like, ah, oh, my bad. Yeah. I, feel, I, feel, I do blame you for that. Um <laughs> I so yeah. I just, to to summarise, I'm so glad that Test cricket is over. Slash basketball doesn't work. Slash Australia. Slash England won the first Test, and we can move on to the next one. Oh yeah, and Ricky Ponting is feuding with that one guy still. Yeah, or not feuding. It's so funny that he was like, "Well, Ricky Ponting used to say stuff." I was like, "Yeah, 15 years. He's been retired forever. He's an old man. <laughs> you could say whatever you wanted back then. You can't do that anymore." Yeah, yeah. Remember when he got stood down for eight weeks, Ollie, for your weird racist tweets? <laughs> Maybe I read be... some of those and they were so unfunny. They're so crit- They weren't even like, the James Gunn ones were bad, but some of them were funny, right? Whereas the Ollie Robinson ones were just like that desperate, like 15 year old try hard edgelord in high school that used to make jokes like that. And you're just like, oh. He's sitting in front of me. Um, oh, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was a try hard edgelord in a very different way to that, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> Anyway, uh, that's all I've got this week. I got nothing. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> what do I ever bring to this podcast? Um, sadness, <laughs> yeah, and illness. I've yeah. still got sniffles. Um, that's not my fault. After last week, it might be your fault, but it could be Vince at work's fault. So bloody Vince, bloody Vince. If you're listening, Vince, it's all your fault. You've shut the office down. <laughs> we trusted you with your delicious lunches that I think his wife makes. God damn it, uh, Vince's wife. God damn it, Vince's wife. She got us all sick by Vince. spitting in your minestrone, man. <laughs> well, I don't eat them. <laughs> I don't have the money to pay someone else to make me lunch. 
I'll see you next week. You can find us at the Back Pocket AU on all of our socials. Uh, adios. Enjoy the footage. Oh, bye.